Before we get started, if you like the content you're listening to, feel free to send me a donation to support your favorite podcast. There is a link in the description below. And if you're interested in a life reading or intuitive coaching session, all my contact information is also in each episode description. Now let's join the podcast already in progress. You're listening to the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott, providing you inspiration, information, knowledge, and motivation to help you on your soul's path. Covering topics related to health and happiness from the mystical to the metaphysical and everything in between. Making the unknown known. Now let's join the podcast to discover today's topic. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Philpott. And today we got a special guest here, my good friend, RJ. And uh, this is going to be a, a fantastic show. So for those who are listening, and I think a lot of us can uh, relate to this. If, you're, uh, if you have any like, you know, illnesses or bumps and bruises, if you're going through a rough time, something physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, this is going to be a show to really help you supercharge you and inspire you to about, about self-healing. And um, I really think this is a really fantastic topic, especially these days now. I think a lot of people are going through so much these days and they're looking for answers. They're looking for help. They're looking for some type of guidance. And I have a lovely book here. Sorry, let me just pull that into the camera view there. So if you're listening to this, we got a great, uh, great book here too. And I'll have all RJ's information in the description below too as well. But RJ, my friend, how are you? I'm very well, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. So, yeah, this is a, a really uh, a fantastic story that you have, and it's really about self-healing. And it wasn't just like one thing that you had. You had a lot of stuff going on, which was like, I, w- I was like going, okay, not only did they give you this, but they added this on top and then sprinkled a little bit more disease on this, and then you had to work yourself through this. So for my audience, and I know you've, you've talked about this uh, on a million other podcasts, and I'm really happy that you're on, but just for my audience, just give me a little bit of backstory of what happened and how you, you started down this journey, if you could. Sure. Yeah. The, uh, the highlights of the disharmony uh, would be a diagnosis of a permanent chest down paralysis um, and the, the sprinkling of other issues was uh, diagnosed with type one diabetes, uh, hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's autoimmune disease, uh, sepsis, pancreatitis, thyroiditis, and uh, something called autonomic dysreflexia, which is not uh, quite that common, but it is common for paraplegics and quadriplegics who have an injury above T6 and the, the major focus of my injury was T7 and T8 and autonomic dysreflexia essentially is your autonomic system, which is what regulates breathing, body temperature, heart rate, pulse, things like that. It just goes completely haywire. It's, it's no longer being automatically regulated. And so it, and it's, it's life threatening. A lot of paraplegics and quadriplegics end up um, dying from complications of autonomic dysreflexia, things like stroke, aneurysm, you can go into a coma. So uh, those were probably the highlights of the issues that needed to be addressed. I don't mean to mean light of it, but you know, I guess uh, Spirit really said that, yeah, if we're gonna do it, this, we're gonna do this right, we're gonna make sure that you have all the stuff because 
those are some real serious elements. And I think a lot of it just compounded on that. So, I mean, the septus and then, um, if for those who are listening, do you, uh, can you explain just what Hashimoto's is? Um, I think a lot of people may not be familiar with that. Yeah, it's, it's an autoimmune uh, disease or disorder where the, the body is actually attacking itself. So you no longer have an ability, uh, your immune system is not working properly. Instead of fighting off free radicals that are coming in, it can't really differentiate between free radicals and what needs to be inside the body. So you end up, your body ends up starting to attack itself and it makes literally every moment uh difficult because you, your body's not running properly at all and Hashimoto's is a big problem for people yeah it's it certainly is a lot of autoimmune diseases i've had my own which is very similar to Hashimoto's with uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome i don't know if you're familiar with that GBS so i've had uh some bouts with that so it's very much exactly the same thing is that the body starts attacking itself and i was actually paralyzed i was basically from the waist down mm. myself and uh, it was uh, it was a horrific experience. And then it, it, it was lucky enough, it didn't progress too much into my lungs, but it was pretty close. It was kind of touching close, but uh, I can empathize with the whole idea of self-healing and uh, the kind of the mental strain of it. And uh, it took me a long time to, to reconcile that and the, the disease, especially when I got hit a second time. The first time I was young enough, I was arrogant. I was like, ah, screw this stuff. I can get through this. And then the third, the second time, that's when it really hit home for me. It's like, oh, okay, something's seriously messed up. I need to get things done. So in one of the ways that you did it, so if you had to think about back in that time, now I know you had some real spiritual abilities early on in your lifetime. Was that kind of the precipice that gave you the, the kind of the little nudge to kind of, let's say, hey, I can do this. I can heal myself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and uh, you're right. I, I said in other podcasts, as a little kid, uh, I would naturally just leave my body, what we call astral projection or projecting your consciousness. Uh, I certainly wasn't being taught any of these things as a child. I would just, just naturally do them. And um, consciousness exploration, which is what we call it now, was something that I was just doing naturally. I came into this incarnation just doing that. Uh, as well as, as a little kid, I literally used to say, if I ever get sick, I'll just heal myself, which is a very yeah. bizarre, yeah, it's a bizarre thing to say. Uh, but clearly, there was the recognition that at some point in this incarnation that I was going to need to be tested in terms of being able to heal myself. So I, I kind of came in, and we all do, by the way. I'm just consciously aware of it, but we all do. So I came in with the, the I call it a muscle memory, or remembering of how self-healing and self-realization or enlightenment, it's a repeatable, robust process that anyone can do because it works the same for everybody. So I can't- I just, just want to just interrupt you there. Can you just repeat that? Because I think that's really important. The idea that it's repeatable and anybody can do that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I said that too quick. Uh, so I just thought it was very golden. It was like one of those golden nuggets. And I think, yes. yeah, we, you have to understand this. This is really important. Sorry yeah, to interrupt so, you. No, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, I'm glad you did, actually. That's, uh, we should maybe talk about that for a second. Um, Self-healing self and self-realization. Self-realization and enlightenment, from my perspective, are, they're the same thing, okay? Self-healing and self-realization are related to one another. There's a synergistic relationship between those two things. I would not say they're the same thing. They're in the same ballpark. I would say self-healing on a, on a profound level 
and maybe uh, I might be an example of that, is, is an element of self-mastery, which is complete dominion over body-mind and our body of energy. And to be able to put a completely destroyed body back together is an element of self-mastery. Now, to go back to what you said, it is a repeatable uh, process because it works the same for everybody. You know, what's inside me is the same thing that's inside you. The process itself is literally metaphysics. You can even call it an aspect of, uh, of alchemy, if you like, transmutation. So by doing certain repeated exercises and protocols, anyone, anyone can bring themselves to a state of self-realization or enlightenment. Now, it's a matter of one, the will to do it, and the level of surrender, which sounds like an oxymoron when we talk about will and surrender, they seem like they would be in polar, sort of polar opposites. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. They're not. So from my perspective, so most of us associate our will, okay, with some form of fighting or overcoming a challenge or, you know, getting tough and, and bearing down and using your will. And that's absolutely true. Without a doubt, I would simply offer up at a certain point within everyone's evolution, within the, the evolution of their own temporary individualized consciousness, that the highest use of the will is to harness your body of energies into complete surrender. And at that, at, at that point, self-realization, enlightenment, and authentic self-healing is now on the table. But we have to sort of make that paradigm shift in terms of how to harness the will properly. And from my personal direct experience and my own self-realization or enlightenment, whatever word you want to use, doesn't really matter to me. It was the surrender which is what allowed me to remember how self-healing works and how self-realization works. It wasn't through fighting anything. I literally had to surrender to what was going on in totality, which is actually the harnessing of your will, your complete energies to come completely to the present moment and not let your energies flare up in a defense mode, which is what the ego mind identity does. It's constantly in a constant battle. So from my perspective, Self-realization and enlightenment is a repeatable process. When you are taught properly and you simply have an open mind and the will to do it, it will happen. But we need the proper teachings. We need you to harness your will and you need to be completely open-minded in the sense of a surrender. Yeah, I think, I think for most people, they really have a difficult understanding of that concept, you know, because it makes so much sense. Like, you know, the will, we always talk about willpower. We talk about, you know, I got to have the willpower to do this, got to have the willpower to do that. And yet it's always, like you said, it's that, that, that fighting. We have to feel like we need to fight something. And we're, if we're fighting a disease, we got to fight the disease and we got to fight this. And to actually, to learn to surrender is to allow yourself to focus that, use that will to surrender, to use that energy that you would use to like to fight, to actually pull it in and surrender. Which for me, I was like going, really, how now? Would you do that? Like, that seems so, like you said, it seems like so off the charts. Like, I mean, how am I going to use my will to surrender? And I think that is so hard because we're always trying to be in control. Yeah, yeah you got it. I mean, a hundred percent. And we're talking about sort of rational mind and higher mind. We're really talking about two different things really, right? So, and they're all part of the total self, but the rational mind is always in defense. It's always compartmentalizing, fragmenting and fighting. And the higher mind does the exact opposite. So if we, if we think about non-attachment or detachment, detachment has a bit of a negative connotation, 
but that's it's not accurate. We're gonna we're gonna get into that right now because I think it's important in terms of surrender using the will. Yeah. So non-attachment or detachment is is empowerment. Okay, again, it's the opposite of what we've been taught. We've taught to believe in things, get involved in things, and push yourself. Now, in order to do that, you're using your energy to identify with something and to push yourself. That's your energy that you're using. Okay. It is our most precious resource is our energy, right? It's how we think, emote, animate our body and create experiences. We're using energy. We've been given energy as a master creator to create. Now, if we want to become immensely powerful, you actually have to detach from everything and surrender. Now, what happens is all the energy that you have been using to be attached to this idea, attached to this belief, attached to this concept or this agenda, when you detach, all of your energy comes back to you through the surrender of detachment. Okay, I just had a little light bulb thing, but I go, holy geez, that may, it's, it's, sorry, that just makes so much sense. Oh my gosh, that is like, okay. So basically, let me just kind of reiterate there. So that was really profound. I had a, sorry, I had a little, boop. that makes so much sense. Okay, so basically, if you detach from the external environment, I guess would be sounds like it is. And we just allow that energy because we're sending out all this energy out and to do this, to do that. Right. And now we're reclaiming it. We're pulling it back into ourselves. Now that's availability in our field to actually start working and healing ourselves. Is that correct? Am I getting that right? Oh, you, you got it right. You hit the, you hit the nail on the head. This that's is the million dollar. That's the million dollar answer right there, my man. Yeah. This, this is very misunderstood. Uh, and it's because we're taught the opposite. I mean, we're literally taught the opposite. So yeah, it, you know, you're so true. And I just don't want me to interrupt you, but it, the only thing is always about action. You got to take action. It's action, action. You got you to be doing that. And I think society shames us if we're not doing action, if we're not doing something like, like your life's not, you got to be doing something in order to get through life. I mean, sure. We got a practical, we got to take action. I get that part, but on a self-healing and a self-actualization uh, way, it's better really to kind of go inward instead of trying to, to produce outward. Oh, 100% outward is illusion. And for those that haven't realized that, you will eventually, whether it's this lifetime or another, outward is an illusion. It's a fool's pursuit, I promise you. Self-realization and self-healing is an inside job. Self-mastery is not a target that lies outside of the self. It's all within. Now, part of the reason why this is difficult for people is because of deep, deep subconscious programming in terms of being productive, right? We have been literally brainwashed into quantifying our existence based upon some level of productivity. We always measure our day or quantify our day based upon what it is that we did, what it is that we accomplished, how much stuff did we get done today, right? If we got a lot done, we had a good day, okay. I would say it's time for humanity to completely invert that and do the opposite. If you feel the need to quantify your day, to measure your day, I suggest quantifying it by looking at how much presence you bring to each moment. You know, sorry, yeah. that almost sounds like you can use that as your own commodity is the level of presence. Instead of having dollar bills, use that as the, your commodity. Yeah, all quality of life has to do with how present you are from moment to moment. Wow. What 
the reason the reason why we go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing it's never good enough no matter what it is is because really ultimately what we're seeking is our own self-realization our own direct connection to the divine and we can't get it through things outside of ourselves, which doesn't mean we haven't stopped trying but eventually we're going to come to the realization the reason why i'm just constantly ravenous and craving for achievement and things to do and i never really become completely satisfied is because what we're ultimately looking for is this direct connection to the one self within us all. And you can call that self-realization, enlightenment. You can call that faith, direct communion with God. But this is really the key. The kingdom of, let, of, of heaven does lie within. And when we learn how to detach and surrender, all the doors open up. Wow, that's so profound. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really happy that you're on it because this is like kind of perfect segue to a lot of the podcasts that I had previously, and it's kind of leading up and building up to this. So I really appreciate that because it's, you know, it's I always, I'm always in the firm belief that you know we can have the ability to really reach a level of enlightenment in this lifetime. It's just whether you kind of take, like you said, the will. And you just focus it more inward and do that work. It's, and it's really, it is like work in some ways, but you know, I think from, from your perspective, it doesn't have to be again, quote unquote work. It could just be part of your daily process. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's really working in this way is really being more authentic because we're being true to ourselves, And yeah. instead of everything that we, that we do is at the behest of our ego mind identity which is why life is unsatisfying and why there's always a struggle and we're always trying to achieve something is because we're trying to be something that we're not, which is this human character that we've created through incarnation. So when you adopt the understanding of detachment or non-attachment through surrender, you become so powerful because all your energy has returned to you. And now you're no longer doing all of the things that you've been doing every day at the behest of some sort of societal conditioning. Now what happens is you're leading an authentic life. You're doing the things that actually come from the self. We don't want to have our activities driven from the mental body. The body can't handle that, which is why people are sick and depressed and have anxiety. Our body was designed to respond to the inclinations from the causal body or from the higher mind or from the self. The body is perfectly attuned to and designed to respond to those, to those inner knowingness and those inner passions. It was not designed to take direction from the mental body. And this is part of why humanity suffers. This is part of why humanity gets sick. And this is why humanity has lost the remembering of how self-healing and self-realization actually works. It is not a mental exercise. And when we start to realize that, not only individually are we going to grow by leaps and bounds in terms of the evolution of our consciousness, but for those that truly desire a different planet, a more wise, compassionate, loving planet. It's only going to happen when we start operating in the way that I'm talking about, in the way that this book, this way this book lays itself out. I'm not the only being to write a book like this. I, my perspective is that this is at this moment the most advanced understanding in terms of self-healing that exists right now, which is why I'm here to teach this. Yeah. But in terms of these principles and understandings about energy and detachment and about going within, this is universal and has been taught and talked about forever. Yeah, I think, I think that's one of the things. It's, it's really modernizing. Like you say, it's like a lot, a lot of the ancient texts that a lot of the abilities that we had, you know, I had, you know, a couple of people on, we talked about, uh, you know, 
talking about as far as back as the Egyptians, the Atlantinians, even Lemurians, we had these abilities to leave our bodies, do all these crazy stuff. And we've forgotten that over the years. And it's just part of our, if you'd like to say, it's part of our DNA and it's part of our celestial DNA. I, I would probably say it would be a better description of that. So how do we really free our, our ego from the prison of what we've created? Like, is it really, is it just as simple as surrendering or is there a little bit more to it than that? Well, so surrendering is a key component to that, obviously. Okay. Uh, most of what it is that we do, in fact, I would even say that everything that we do, our entire behavior is dictated by our subconscious mind. Our subconscious mind is actually what creates our reality. And our conscious thoughts have very little effect on reality, which I think is going to be mind-boggling for people. And I'm, I'm exploring this in the yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. Cause when you said that, I, I, it's another one of those golden nuggets that you just got to just reemphasize. Cause I think I'm just like, Oh my God, I, I'm like literally my brain is like melting right now. I'm like getting all these truth bombs and it's just like, but it, also at the same time too, I'm just like, yeah, that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. So sorry again, I, you know, everybody's going to be hating me after this podcast. Why do you keep interrupting him? Mike, shut up. Let him speak. I'm sorry, but I'm just getting too excited. Sorry guys. No, it, it, it's by the way, it's okay. I, that happens a lot. There's this incredible, and people are, you know, they, or there's almost like, almost like this stunned sort of silence that goes on for quite a while. It's okay. They, they kind of both mean the same thing, by the way. So, but when, uh, and this, the subconscious mind I'm exploring in my second book, which I'm kind of knee deep in writing right now. So not to take uh, attention away from supercharged self-healing, because I feel it's literally a book that needs to be read by everyone in terms of understanding how it is that we operate and self-healing is only going to become more and more and more important for everyone who's listening to me right now. You, you're going to need, need to understand how to do this. You're going to need to be able to work on yourself properly. You're going to need to be able to help others with their own healing. This is the, this is the direction that we're going in. If we haven't, if, if some of you haven't realized this, yeah, it's, like a, it's like a necessary life skill. It's like cooking, driving, anything like that. It's going to be natural as breathing, like taking a shower. These are some of the abilities. It's a new skill. It's a, it's an old new skill. I should say that it, it, uh, we have to learn that it's just something that we have to do on a daily basis. And it's just like, you know, learning how to cook, learning how to drive and we all can do it. So. Yeah. yeah. We, this is part of our makeup. Many of us feel that we can, we can self heal ourselves. And many of, many of us feel that we can become self-realized and enlightened. And that's because we have. I describe this as, as a memory, as a muscle memory. As a little kid, I said, if I ever get sick, I'll just heal myself. I, I, I knew this was within me. Absolutely. And enlightenment or self-realization. The reason why beings can achieve this is because they've done it before. Without me getting too specific about things, this level of consciousness and understanding is not new. So you were saying about the, uh, the idea of the consciousness and the ability to remember stuff like that. I know you talked about that as a kid, did you actually have vivid dreams of past lives where you understood this, this type of healing, or is it just something that you didn't really just know what it is. You just, you were just doing it. Like you said, like this muscle memory that you had. Yeah, there was just an innate knowingness that, uh, that if it came to, if, at some point, I, I know how to heal myself. If I get sick, I'll just heal myself. It'll all just come back to me. Uh, what I was doing as a child was that I was leaving, we'll say, this frequency or this reality 
and I was interacting with other beings, other advanced beings. And that was home. This is clearly a uh, temporary sojourn. This is, no one is from here. So I was being my true self, which is why I was leaving my body. My consciousness was free, which is the case for all of us. Our consciousness is free. Our only bondage is not realizing that. So this was normal. And the, these understandings are ancient. And I just simply remembered. Uh, the specifics, though, Mike, didn't come back to me about self-healing until I had awakened from uh, the emergency life-saving surgery they had when they performed a laminectomy. They scraped off the, uh, the infection, the sepsis right off my spine. I was already paralyzed. But when I woke up from surgery, I literally had awakened. I mean, I was in a, uh, I was in a state of cosmic consciousness. It's like I, the only way to describe it, as bizarre as it sounds, I knew everything. Everything was, everything was at my disposal. It's like someone had pulled back the curtain and it was just all there for me. It's like the gift, the gift of remembering had been given to me. And the ICU nurse literally came in. It was three o'clock in the morning. I think, I think we took this out of the book, but anyway, it was three o'clock in the morning. The ICU, uh, ICU nurse came in. She saw that I was finally awake from the surgery and she's, you know, how you doing this and that. And I, I said, I'm okay. I said, I'm still paralyzed. And she said, yeah, but you should be okay. I said, yeah, but I'm going to walk and I'm going to walk in a hundred days. And let me explain. And I literally started going into the ascended frequencies healing technique, which is captured in the book, all these different things that I was going to do and how it works, how metaphysics actually works, the different frequencies, the energetic templates, all of these things. And she's just looking at me like literally not that I have three heads, that I have three heads and from another planet. She's like, how in the world do you know any of this? Yeah. And the only thing I offered was that I just remember how it works. Wow. So it just, it, it came back to me literally like pull back a curtain. I'll give you an analogy, which makes maybe yeah, sure, please. If we're in a maze, okay, we don't know after we see a right, a possibility of making a right or a possibility of making a left, we don't know what lies after that. We have no idea. We have to make the right to figure out what's, what's after that. We have to make the left to figure out what's after that. We don't know how to get out, right? Now imagine that you simply lift up from the maze and you're looking down at it. And in one second, you see the whole thing. You totally understand everything about it in one second. That's what it was like. It was instantaneous knowingness or a deep, deep, deep level of claircognizance. Everything came back in one single moment. I knew exactly what to do. Wow. That's crazy. So what did your doctors think afterwards? Like they, they must've just kind of lost their mind. They're probably just shaking their head going, what? So they like just so they must have tried to use you like a guinea pig, like, okay, let's scan this guy, let's see what's going on. Like, is it getting healed? You must have been through a whack of tests afterwards, and they're probably trying to figure out what did you do. Yeah, it's interesting because I have about 18 hours of footage that I'm, I'm going to either make into a documentary or a show. I, I went back, fabulous. yeah, I, I went back because I lived, I lived in the hospital rehab for about two months, I was there for uh several weeks even before getting uh, transferred into the, the, the rehab. So uh, the neurosurgeon, fantastic neurosurgeon who performed the surgery, I mean, he, he was the one that informed me that you can't, you can't get better. No one gets better. Your spine is just irreparably damaged. It's just the way it is. And there's an MRI on my spine on the website in the video. You can see it. And the doctor's notes, complete paraplegia, pre-surgery, complete paraplegia, post-surgery. 
So, but after a short period of time, it was about two months, I was walking, not very well, but I was walking after about two months and I had just, I had just been discharged. So I made an appointment to go see the neurosurgeon. And uh, I, think I, I think I had a walker at the time or a cane at the time, but I was standing and walking, but not well. So he saw me at the end of the hall and he was talking to two other doctors. And he literally put his hand up to the doctors, almost like stop talking. And he almost broke into a jog coming down the hall to see because I was standing there. Now, this is a fantastic surgeon, highly educated. He's brilliant. His IQ is probably off the charts. He was reduced to using the word ginormous three times because he had no explanation for why I am standing. He just kept saying, RJ, this is ginormous that you can do that. I mean, it's just, this is ginormous that you're able to stand. So they have no explanation for it. I explained a little bit, a little bit. And even that was almost like, it's so far out of their, their, you know, their, their comfort zone, but there's no denying it. And I also interviewed my, um, my doctor, regular doctor, uh, who oversaw my care when I was in the, uh, the hospital rehab as well. And his, he describes it as um, my ability to cope is immeasurable, which I just think is an interesting perspective. Yeah. And he, actually, he actually showed me that in his notes in regards to me, because I had so many things wrong with me. Of course. He said, my ability to cope is immeasurable. He'd never seen anything like it. It's like nothing affected me, which in a sense, it didn't affect what I really am. My body mind had a whole bunch of problems, but me, what I am, it's untouched. Yeah, that's so profound. That's uh, so amazing. Yeah, it's a great story. And I, you know, that's one of the things I was so happy to have you on because it's really about inspiring people. And I love inspirational stories and you know, and I've seen so much happen over the last couple of years. I've had a, a young lady on the uh, show. We just, uh, I recorded it a couple of months ago. It's going to be airing up. And she talked about how she did a self-healing workshop and, um, and she had basically this, basically this moment where she dipped her toe into the field and she is, um, we're just waiting back on her scans and I'm pretty sure the scans are going to be negative, but uh, she said it was like the, the most glorious experience event. Like she just remembered who she was. Her body did all these freaky things and it was such an amazing experience for her. And she's, she's now, she's a big advocate of it. It's like, it's just, you gotta, you kind of have to really, really use that will, like you said, and surrender. And that's basically what she kind of described it too, is like you surrender to that field, that ever divine love and just allow, like you said, be present, be allow and have that happen. So one of the things I want to talk about is that in your book, you talk about the four directions of consciousness, which I thought was kind of cool. And it's like, okay, what is he really talking about? Because, you know, I think I understand levels of consciousness as we move up into the ascending uh, to the divine, but you kind of break it down into four directions of consciousness. Can we just, can you talk about that for a bit? Sure. Yeah. So why I feel that's important uh, is because uh, every soul has a way that it likes to work. So we, we all have a proclivity towards one or more of these things. And there's only really four ways that a human being can, can really operate. It's either through reason, through emotions and feelings, through faith, or through the will. And that's kind of it. Now, all of us, we get our best results whenever we uh, have a goal 
or something that is that we need to do or, or to achieve, we use one or more of these, uh, what I call avenue or directions of consciousness. We might not know it, but we do. Now, why it's important is because anyone who has a, a health challenge, or even if they're, what they're after is self-realization, let's say they're perfectly, they're fine, and they're looking for self-realization, they're gonna realize that they get their best results by utilizing one or more of these things. And once we discover which one is, is best for us, how we get our best results, then we're gonna be able to lean on that. We're going to be able to use that. And I utilize this in terms of self-healing. I gave those four directions of consciousness or four avenues of consciousness so people can realize which one is me because there's certain questions that you ask yourself that'll give you the answer that are in the book. And then based upon that, I provide examples of how you can use any one of these four directions based upon the answer that you got in terms of which way that you like to work. You can then start to use some of the truths in the book as it relates to the direction of consciousness that you get your best results from. So we're gonna play to our strengths. Essentially is what we're doing. We're gonna play to our strengths. And by seeing what those four things are and asking the right questions, we, we tangibly discover how we get our best results. And then you're able to use that to achieve your own your own self-healing or self-realization. Wow, that's so profound. So it's almost I I I don't mean to kind of like uh, change it, but it almost sounds like it's almost like a personality. We have these kind of it, in a way, in a way. I mean, I just I'm just trying to kind of like just uh, wrap my head around it. But it just sounds like these are my strengths, my personality strengths, and this is how that. So if I can use these to my advantage, and figure out which ones are better for me this way, because some people may not have the willpower. Somebody might have more faith. Maybe it's a, more of a faith thing, which a lot of people have. Some people, like I said, have no willpower at all. Then, you know, reason and feelings, right? So somebody might be more of a feeler than they are, like, you know, rational mind. They can really feel it, right? So now, is it beneficial once we realize an understanding through the book that once we realize what these, these areas are, or strengths are, is to try to utilize as many as we can, or are we just trying to take the main one so let's say faith was like your main one. So you have a really strong faith, take that and, but not really work on the others or try to incorporate the others or just basically just use faith and do from there. Yeah. It, it, it all depends upon how we get our best results. So if someone said to you, Mike, Hey, I get my best results when I just power through, uh, you know, as an example, when yeah. I just, you know, pedal to the metal, I grind right through it and I make it happen. Okay, so that's someone who uses their will, right? I would not say to them, you have to now start using faith to heal yourself. Yeah, it'd be kind of like counterintuitive to be kind of going, looking at you going, what? What is yeah, this guy it, smoking? Yeah, it doesn't make sense because we're not, we're not, that soul operates in a way that it's most comfortable in order to get its best results. It is not for me to impose some other way upon the way that soul gets its best results. So I just wanted to provide an understanding of the four ways in which that we can get our best results. And then depending upon whichever one works best for you, we're gonna be able to utilize that. If you don't use emotions and feelings and you don't use reason and you're heavy on faith and you're heavy on the will, well, fantastic. They're all the same. They're all equally effective. There's not one better than the other. It's just a preference. And that's why I say each soul has a way that it gets its best results because that's how it's most comfortable working. And for whatever it's worth, for me, faith and the will yeah. is what I, I tend to, will say, rely on or utilize. But I know plenty of people and I've worked with plenty of people 
who use reasoning, once they start to understand things mentally, they give themselves permission to all of a sudden do these amazing things because they're utilizing the one thing that they feel most comfortable with, which is their reason. Some people are very sort of intuitive emotionally. Gut, everything is the gut, how that feels. I'm not really sure, let me let that settle, that kind of thing. Everything is sort of intuitive feeling within the gut. I'm not gonna tell that person that they need to start using the reason and they need to start powering through everything for, for their self. It won't work for them. Yeah, but, it makes total sense. Yeah, so we just play to our strengths. And then in the book, it shows you how you can use any one of those things. And that's kind of like the underpinning of how you're going to approach all the different self-healing, the ascend the frequencies healing technique, all the other things in there, because you know intuitively that you're working with, you're working in the way that you get your best results. So you're not taking yourself out of your strength. You're actually playing to it. To it, yeah. I think that's so, that's so profound. And I really enjoyed the, the fact that you didn't go too woo-woo and you didn't go too scientific that you lose somebody. So it's a really nice balance between the two worlds. You stay in enough to kind of, you know, for the people who are more, like you said, it's like, you know, it's a personality or the base of the consciousness and it keeps them engaged, everybody engaged. So everybody can take a piece of this, whether you, you're in the more into the woo woo and you want to talk about the angels and the frequencies and the divine, or you take it into the more scientific approach, the reasoning point, which, which is really a, a nice balance because it, it gives a very practical ideas. Cause I think a lot of people are, are very much reason-based, you know, some people are very more heavily kind of the woo-woo base. And it's that really nice bridge and that gap to utilize both of those things and bring it together so that everybody can be included into it. So there's not going, they're not going to look at the book and go, oh, this is too woo-woo for me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to read this or, or the other opposite thing. It doesn't have enough, but it has enough practical information in that that anybody can actually enjoy and read and understand and have those practical applications on it. So I do appreciate that because I think that's one of the things over the course of doing the podcast and just in my own life, a lot of people are just, it's either they're very diverse of like, they want one thing or the other. It, there's really not that balance. And I think that's the really the important thing is to really have that really that big balance on that. So if you had to think of one thing that really, really gets in the way of most people's uh, ability to start their self-healing, what would that one thing be? Oh, or ego. several things. The, the, the ego. The ego. So, right? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, without a doubt. It, it, the e, I call it the ego mind identity, as you know from the okay. book, the EMI, because I feel that's more accurate than just saying ego, because it has to do with our identity and it has to do with the way that our mind functions based upon our identifications, okay? Because our mind can only process things that we identify with. So if we start to look at this from a higher consciousness perspective, it's really an ego mind identity. Now, from my understanding, the ego mind identity is literally the only obstacle that exists. The only obstacle between your own self-realization, direct communication with God, putting your body back together is your own ego mind identity. That's it. Okay. There, there are, there is no resistance. What is, is what is. There's no built-in resistance to anything. There's no built-in obstacles to anything that does not exist. We create them. We create resistance. We create obstacles due to the narrowing of our own consciousness through the formation of our ego mind identity. So it is also my direct understanding that all sickness and disease comes from disharmonious thought patterns. Yeah. All, all thought patterns are in relation to your ego mind identity based upon your identifications. 
So again, we create our disharmony. We create resistance. We create obstacles because they don't authentically exist. There's no resistance to what is, none. And this can be tangibly understood through a deep, deep level of surrender. And through this deep level of surrender, when doing the steps and the techniques and the protocols within the book, you will be able to open up your higher mind and you will be able to start to access and tangibly experience some of these things. And you're gonna realize there are no obstacles. There are no blocks. There is no resistance. We simply create it. So the most important thing to realize it is within us all to put ourselves back together. I'm just one example of that. But anyone can do this when they're taught properly. So we have to start to examine the ego mind identity and how it operates, which is why I think my, I kind of don't remember oddly enough, but I think the first almost 15 or 20 pages, I spend a great deal of time talking about deconstructing the ego mind identity, because that is the only obstacle that exists. And once, once we understand it and we're able to operate past it, then there's really, when I say that there's nothing we can't do, that's not a slogan. We are a spark of the infinite. We are a fractal of God, literally and figuratively. And so when we remove the obstacles and the created resistance, all bets are off. We can do anything. We can literally unparalyze ourselves. We can heal ourselves of anything. When you are working directly with your higher mind, which is actually the imagination of God, there is no limitation whatsoever. But the key is to identify and then deconstruct the ego mind identity. And then your unlimited nature is now back online. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. Now I know you touched on, you know, in your book too, you talk about, I and mean, we just talked about it just briefly about imagination, about the magic of imagination and the power of imagination. Can you just touch on that a little bit more? Cause I think a lot of people misunderstand the idea of how powerful the imagination could be in the magic, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I make no bones about it. This book and this healing technique is real magic. Now, when I say magic, I don't mean with a C, like three-card Monty, pick a card. I don't mean that kind of magic. I'm talking about esoteric magic with a CK. Now, real magic is simply metaphysics. Magic, from my direct experience, is the accessing and harnessing of energies that lie outside of physical sensory perception. Simple. Now, that is magic, and that's what metaphysics is. And this book is all about metaphysics and how to do your own magic. And I make no bones about it. I know how to do magic and I did magic on myself. This is why I'm not paralyzed or dead or, or, deathly, or deathly sick and I don't take any medications. So once we learn how to operate this way, there's anything we can do. The imagination is unlimited. It's literally unlimited. Now we're tamping down on that by, by using our rational mind for everything. So in other words, a way to look at this, Mike, is that what happens to us, all of us, unless we do real work, we, we reduce ourselves to what I call body consciousness. Okay. Now, for me, body consciousness is just limiting ourselves to the five physical senses, which operate on a very, very, very narrow bandwidth. Okay. Our five senses do not perceive much. In fact, our five senses perceive 0 0.003 of what's in the quantum field, 0 0.003. Wow. Nothing. We perceive nothing. Now, let me just add to that for one second to understand 
body consciousness, okay, and how useless essentially it is, especially when it comes to self-healing, okay, or self-realization. All right, so if we're perceiving essentially nothing, which is what our five physical senses give us to. Now, the data stream that comes into the five physical senses, that's, that's the data or the fodder for the intellect, the rational mind. Nothing, nothing. So what we have to start doing is accessing the unlimited mind or the higher mind, which is imagination, to simply recreate or create our reality as we deem fit. Now, most of us don't do this because we reduce ourselves to body consciousness and because we've been so programmed through societal conditioning or brainwashing, which is really the same thing. So we are taking a limitless, immortal fractal of God, which is what we all are, and we're reducing it to 0 0.003 of what it can really do. And so this book is the reawakening and the remembering of what we really are, how to access it, and how to put yourself back together, not just in terms of self-healing, but in terms of self-realization as well. Yeah, and it covers everything too. So it's like mind, body, spirit, soul. It's like a combination. It's all the factors. So it's a very holistic approach. So it's not just the physical, you know, the physical manifestation, it's, it's, you know, the mental, the emotional, spiritual soul levels, and it goes on stuff like that. Now, one of the questions I have to ask you, are you doing any seminars? Um, do you have your meditations on CD or MP3 or MP4? Uh, so people can download and things like that. Do you have sort of stuff like that available? Some of the things that I'm creating. So if people go uh, to the website, I, what, what I've done, and I didn't really do I did, I did very little of it, a whole team that helped. So there's a, <clears throat> there's a mobile app and online course. So I've taken the teachings that are in Supercharged Self-Healing and uh, now you can download it onto your phone. And what's in it is truly remarkable because I, I, I hired a company in Ecuador to do 3D modeling. So I, wanted, I want humanity to see some of the things that I see. And so I hired the company. So when you're doing the steps, and the exercises and protocols within the ascent of frequencies healing technique. Now you're gonna be able to see some of the things I see in terms of what you're actually doing with your energy by being able to say different, being able to see and understand different frequencies of what you're actually doing. So there's incredible 3D modeling in the app. There's whiteboard animation, which I, I, I just think is a really fun and interesting oh, way to learn, to learn. There's state-of-the-art computer graphics, there's PowerPoints, there's 25 hours if you're really tired of my voice, you're probably in trouble, but there's about 25 hours of video of me walking everyone through explaining and even explaining things that are not in the book that the publisher had me take out. So there's 20, it's the most comprehensive tool for self-healing that's ever been created. So I've worked on that. That's now available on the website. There's other courses that are available on the website in terms of how to address deprogramming your subconscious mind. There's a course on that as well. I'm going to be teaching live uh, a course on self-mastery or what exists. Yeah, what exists beyond enlightenment. So just go to the website. There's a whole bunch of things there. And I do have in the works, I am going to be recording a bunch of uh, meditations that I was given or created or developed, which is probably all the same thing, by the way. I'm going to be uh, recording some of those and those will, will, will be available soon enough as well. So I'm always creating things. Uh, I would like to do some in-person lectures and seminars. I did before the, the pandemic 
So, but I probably in this next year or so, I'll get back into that as well. So I'd love to be able to do things in person for people. As yeah. Well. I think that would be fantastic because, you know, as much as, I mean, I love online stuff and I love that, but it's just that personal feeling because you're, you're surrounded by other people that are, you know, vibrating at high levels and it really helps that out and you're building community because that's really the connection as much as we connect through the technology here these days um, because of COVID is just, there's something about that personal connection and, and information and just that sensory feeling that you got like-minded and you're finding your tribe and you can really help out on that because it's all like-minded people all trying to uh, strive to do the same thing or accomplish the same thing and have a, not only just a, a better healing, but healing humanity in general and raising consciousness, which I always love. I am, I'm always a big fan of people like that. And especially people like yourself, sir, that are actually out there, you know, um, dropping these truth bombs and just really making sure that people understand all this information and a very kind of not a severely detailed scientific thing. So if you're worried about, oh, it's going to be too woo woo, it's going to be too this, it's not, it's a really good read. And I highly recommend that. Um, so I know we talked about the website, but we didn't actually get the website address. So we can do a little self-promotion here. What's the, uh, what's the website? Where can they find you on the web? Yeah. So, uh, my website is ascendthefrequencies.com. Okay. Ascendthefrequencies.com. And that's where you can get the, the online course, the mobile app. You can actually book a private session with me. Although I think, uh, I think I'm booked out for several, several months, but you still can go online and book a private session with me if you want to work with me. There's also um, a website where you can get a free guide to some of these things I call magic tricks, which instantly bring you into meditation. And maybe we can do one in a second, actually, because I think it's very helpful for people. But that's called that's superchargedselfhealing.com. If yeah, you go fantastic. to super, superchargedselfhealing.com, you put in your name and your email, and you actually you'll be sent a free guide on how to instantly uh, relieve stress and depression instantaneously. So, uh, so those, those are the two, ascendofrequencies.com and superchargedselfhealing.com. Um, but Mike, let's, I know we don't have much time, but I think yeah, it's- we, Yeah, listen, we got all the time we want, brother. If you want to do a meditation, you want to give us a little trips and ticks, uh, trips, I can't speak to uh, tips and tricks. Oh my gosh. Hold on, let me just grab a, sip of my coffee here. Maybe <laughs> Restart. <laughs> Restart. Yeah. Thank God yeah. for editing. So tips and tricks. Yeah. We got time, brother. If it's all about you, I mean, my, I've opened my schedule here to make sure that, uh, uh, that we can spend as much time as we want. Cause I really think it's important. So, but yeah, please do. Yeah. Okay. Fa fantastic. I appreciate that. Mike. Okay. So, uh, one of the things that is essential in terms of self-healing, okay. Quality of life uh, as well as self-realization, right, is, is the ability to stay in a meditative state. Okay, so our natural state, believe it or not, our natural state is to, to be completely clear mentally and completely stable emotionally. So in other words, not thinking and not emoting. Total clarity and, and, and total emotional stability. That is actually our natural state. Now, the default setting for humanity is just perpetually think. Think, 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 think. Okay, that's not... Yeah, that's, that's not our natural state. I know it, it happens to all of us, the monkey mind, right? Think, yeah, think. of course. Okay. okay. So for me, what was one of the things that I found to be most important in all the teachings probably in this, in this incarnation is to be able to offer up instantaneous meditation for humanity. One way to look at this is the, the context I'd like to talk about is that if we think back not, not too long ago, 
the incarnation of uh, Paramahansa Yogananda. Now, Paramahansa Yogananda left his body in, I believe it was 1952. Now, Param make no mistake, Paramahansa Yogananda is an incarnation of an ascended master. It's just too close to his incarnation for us to recognize him as an ascended master, but he is. Now, his, one of his main goals was to bring Kriya Yoga to the West, which is a, a, a teaching that has to do with putting the body through all these different poses in order to get ourselves prepared to be able to meditate. Now, the reason why Yogananda, that was his main goal and objective is because at the time, the base frequencies of, of, the, of the earth and the way the, the humanity was operating in terms of his consciousness was much lower, believe it or not, than it is now. So there was such identification with the physical so that in order to get in touch directly with our consciousness, we had to go through the physical. We had to put the body through all these machinations and all these poses just to get ourselves ready to be able to meditate. So now, because of the base frequencies are higher, we don't have to go through the physicality. We can go to instant meditation, which is one of the things that I'm here to teach. So instant meditation is our natural state. And so I'm gonna now share with you one way to literally instantly meditate. You're gonna be able to go from not being able to stop thinking to literally being able to not think. That is, is brilliant. That is going to help so many people. Yeah. It's, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Yeah, go ahead, my friend. Okay, it's the easiest thing in the world. And there's many of these tricks, by the way. There, some of them are in the book, and I'm actually going to be coming out with a course on mental health that shows over and over all these different, and make no mistake, these are real, real magic tricks because they move your energy in a second. Okay, so here's how to instantaneously meditate. Your two eyes that are you know, attached or inside your head, your two eyes. Just simply pretend that they're floating in space with no brain attached. You can't think. You're so focused on... Pure perception. Yeah. Pure awareness meditation. So it's just as simple as basically taking your eye, visualizing your eyes coming out of your head with no brains and just looking around. Yeah. You don't even have to take them out of your head. Just imagine your two eyes right here are not attached to your brain. Pure perception. Wow. You can't think. That's pretty cool. So we now go from RJ, I can't stop. I can't stop thinking. I can't meditate. I've tried and tried and I get it. I've tried and tried and tried. I can't meditate. Oh yes, you can. And you'll do it in a second and you'll do it effortlessly because this is the truth. This is the true nature of things. We are not our thoughts. The self is meditation. The self exists prior to thought, prior to emotion, prior to the body, prior to incarnation. You already exist before you got here. So by using pure perception and not allowing it to see yourself as attached to a rational mind that just processes information. So just see your two eyes floating with no brain attached. Stay th and stay that way. It's that effortless. Be, that, I mean, that could be something simple as you can use that at work. If you're sitting there and you got a couple of minutes and you, 
zoned out on your computer and, or even at home, if you got time, stuff like that, I probably not recommend while you're driving. But the idea is that, you know, you can be anywhere and do this for the most part, which is something simple. You're on the, you know, on the train to go to work, you're on the bus, whatever, um, you know, something that you're not driving, um, you know, you're sitting at work, you're at your desk, you're in front of your computer, and it just kind of gives you that ability just to kind of to settle things down and be more present. And it's amazing when you become more present, you become more clear. And the solutions that and the problems, the, pro, the solutions to the problems that you're facing, sometimes you start to get the answers to it because now that you're more present to it, which is kind of a, a little bonus thing. Not only you're settling the 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 animal body down because it's all revved up and ready to go, you know, jacked up on caffeine and adrenaline just from stress or work, you can take your time, relax, and just get focused on that. I really like that. That's a really simple technique. And uh, I hope everybody's listening. Just try to, you know, just, just for this, try it, you know, it, and I really think that you really enjoy that. And then obviously, of course, you know, check out RJ's information on the website too as well. Oh, no, do you have social media too as well? Let's, uh, let's throw the social media out there too as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my YouTube channel is ascend the frequencies. Uh, okay. I do something weekly called everyday, everyday enlightenment, Okay. which is once a week, I'll do a video, uh, where I'm just, uh, yeah. Everyday enlightenment where I'm talking about how we can apply, uh, an enlightened understanding of ourselves and the greater reality in our everyday life. Uh, people find it very useful. So that comes out once a week. So okay. <coughs> excuse me, please. Go ahead and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well as my Instagram is Ascend the Frequencies 12, one, two on Instagram. And I post every day on Instagram. And to just to add one thing, Mike, about. Yes, please do. In the mode of observation or meditation, I want everyone to understand that action is taking place through observation. Now, what is taking place is the activation of your divine intelligence. Now, what's happening is when you're not using your rational mind, what is happening is that all your eons and eons and eons of wisdom and understanding comes online and it is already activated simply through observation. We don't need to think our way through things. This is not true. And I'll, I'll prove it to you. Mike, you and I have had a wonderful conversation and we've talked about some fairly high level stuff. You've understood every word I've said without thinking. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? That's true. Yeah, because I'm, I'm so present. Like I'm not really thinking about anything. I mean, I got like a million notes here that I was going to talk about, but I just, I, you're right. It's so, that's really bizarre, brother. Let, let that profound epiphany sink in for a moment. You have understood some stuff on a fairly high level, and I could keep going with other stuff, and you would still understand every word I say without thinking. This is speaking to what I just talked about. Through observation, action is taking place. It is the activation of your divine intelligence. Your inner knowingness knows everything that I'm talking about. I'm simply reminding you. Yeah, so and that's why us remember. And that's why you don't need to think about it. So let's let's take this one step further. Sure. Let's take it one step further. Understanding, which we just discovered, and real communion happens when you don't think. 
Understanding and communion happens when you don't think. That's number one. One more, one more notch deeper. Okay. Because this you know, you're going to blow you, everybody's been listening. They're going to blow their minds away. You know, they're going to be going, what, what did I just listen to? Like, you know, they're going to have to re they're going to have to re-listen to the podcast, which is okay. I don't mind you guys re-listening to it over and over again. Perfectly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, these, all we're doing is we're taking ancient, ancient teachings and we're applying them with a little new flavor today. And this incarnation is RJ. That's all that's happening. This is really nothing new in that sense. I'm going to be tying this incarnation. I'm just tying old things together and bringing it a little bit of a new flavor for the 21st century. That's all. Okay. So number, number one, all understanding and real communion happens when you don't think. Let that, let that sit. Now, here's the other thing about thinking. Thinking is not what we quote unquote think it is either. Okay. Let me, let me give just a little bit of context in terms of I want humanity to stop thinking so much because it's frankly, it's terrible for you. And it's not really what you think it is. Now it's unnecessary. That's the thing. It's unnecessary. It's a big misuse of our energy. Our body needs our energy. We got to stop wasting it in thought. You want to heal yourself and reach self-realization. You got to learn how to stop thinking. Now I'm going to point out how you don't even need to think. Okay. So I'll use a prop. Okay, so here's my coffee mug, right? Okay, yep. so you see, you see a cup, you know how to drink from it. You see a chair, you know how to sit. You see a bed, you know how to lie down. You know how to dress yourself, feed yourself, clothe yourself. You get in your car, you know how to drive. You know where all your stuff is in your house. You know where work is, you know where the store is. Your entire life is memorized. Your entire life is programmed within your subconscious mind. Your entire life is memorized. Wow. There is nothing, nothing to think about. That's a real truth bomb right there. And you know what? That's a perfect segue to close the, uh, close the podcast. What a, what a great way to close the podcast. I absolutely love that. Um, for everybody listening, I'm going to have RJ's information in the description below. So we're going to have all that, uh, all the links for the social media, the website. Uh, and of course, you know, where to get the book. That's a fantastic book there too, as well. Um, what a, a really a treat. I really appreciate you uh, spending the time and uh, dropping those truth bombs. It was, it was fantastic. Like you said, I didn't have to think. And I really hope people listen to this and uh, understand the value of the information provided today. And I really appreciate you being on the show, RJ, and uh, taking time out of that busy day that you have down in southern, sunny Southern California. Can you speak there? So, say that fast real time. Sunny <laughs> Southern California. I mm -hmm. wish I was there. I'd be honest with you right now, brother, because Toronto weather has been, been, it's been crazy. It's been a lot of cold weather. So I appreciate your time, brother. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. I truly yeah, enjoyed again. it. Thank you. Awesome. So everybody, I'm just going to close off the podcast here. So this has been the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott. Thank you so much for joining me and goodbye for now.